You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, welcome back. We're the Connor Happer Show here on 1620 The Zone and on 1620thezone.com. Connor Happer, Josh Hodson with you. And we're joined on the 42 Degrees of Source hotline by Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. Sam, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. Um, which Take one conference and leave the other, the Big Ten and the Big East in basketball. For basketball? Yes. Big East um, for you know quality of players and quality of play. I think uh, obviously the that's the probably the better, more competitive league. I think the Big East would would match up quite well with the Big Ten. Um, the other league, though, for like rivalries and storylines and and things like that. So I, I think there's some you know the the Big Ten is there's always something going on, <laughs> yeah. and it, it, it there's a certain fun aspect to that as as a result. I think the basketball in the Big East is better, but. The soap opera in the Big Ten is soapier. I don't know, man. The Big East has some – they they got some wacko stuff going on. I mean, people forget about Ed Cooley and then the documentary that came out after that. That was fun. That's true. (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good point. And then, you know, Rick Pitino went off yesterday too. That was awesome. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the Big Ten right now. It's going to be, you know, kind of of an interesting offseason. I I speculate – at least a third and maybe a half of the coaches will be gone. I think you're going to see a massive turnover in coaching in the yeah. league. So uh, we'll see how it all shakes out. Hey, let me let me ask you about – so you mentioned the Patino thing, and I, I sort of you know turned it into a bigger-picture deal. It, you know, Rick Pitino, um came in, and he cleared out his entire roster, and um, he, he, got, he got new players – much like Fred Hoiberg did in his first year, although I think Fred was probably a little bit less like, hey, it's it's time for you to leave. He, I think he, he wanted Roby probably to come back, and that didn't end up oh, happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we've seen this happen a couple times where the coaches, you know, they, they start fresh and they, they start over, and by the end of the first year, almost every time, whether it's basketball and fo- or football, they're like, yeah, I kind of regret that. That's that's kind of what's happened um, and how it's gone for some of these guys in their first trip. I, I, won, I wonder when we're going to kind of learn our lesson maybe on this, and I think most most schools and most teams and most new coaches probably have at this point, but I, I don't know. It felt like it was going to be the, the new big thing at first. Hey, we're going to build our entire roster for the transfer portal, and it turns out that was um, that was never going to be a good plan. Do, do, you, do you happen to know – who uh, who put together St. John's roster this year? Yeah, um, the, the the director of NIL. Um, he had some history here, Matt Abdomassi. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, super cool. Guy should feel should feel great about his job after yesterday's rant. <laughs> we recruited the wrong guys. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. Same thing happened here. 
Same um, and exact Matt's a, Matt's a, thing. Matt's a nice guy. I like him, but yeah, the players that they had here were not the right players for Fred Hoiberg. It's not that the, it wasn't so much the transfer thing. It was that a lot of the players just weren't the kind of guys that Fred wanted. I, and I can think of some really talented players that they that they had. Um, you know, Hanif Cheatham was one of the was a Fred guy. You know, and he and he was pretty good. Yeah, he would have been you know, fine yeah, on a team like this. I think it, I think they put it together too much with analytics and too much with numbers. And what they have now, you know, what they have, what Fred has now, is you know some different kinds of parts. Uh, some some guys that are maybe a little more blue collar in some spots maybe do things a little bit differently. Obviously, C.J. Wilcher was a Matt Aldomasi guy, and C.J.'s turned out to be a, a really nice complimentary piece. He might be sixth man of the year off the bench. Um, but if you look at the, the guys that Fred went and got, seasoned, uh, older, maybe not the most athletic guys on the planet, but smart basketball players, Bryce Williams, Coach's son, Rink Mass, smart guy. Josiah Alec, Lunch Pail, you know, Sam Greasel, same thing there. I, I don't know if uh, Sam would have been a recruit under Matt. I just don't know because Sam's not the fastest guy, but Sam's got all the other components. He's a leader. He's a rebounder. Yeah, he's no, all the, he, he's a top, he, he would the, not have Sam. He would, he would not have. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I think what's changed is that, you know, Fred got guys in there who kind of understand him and understand that if you're going to play for Fred Hoiberg, a, you have to be like really, uh, what do you, what's the right word? Just like really aware offensively because his offense is not easy to learn. And if you do learn it and you execute it, it's pretty darn good, but it's not easy to learn. Now, Casey, a lot of people think Casey got, you know, no, Matt did not get Casey. That was Doc. Doc Sadler, uh, his relationship with Billy Gillespie is the biggest reason why they got Casey. So, um, you know the best, probably the best transfer, the best recruit of the Hoiberger might be Casey, and mm. and that one, that one you chalk back up to, you chalk back up to Doc, and maybe Derek Walker. Derek Walker's probably the best player of the of the Fred era, and you know I think that one was Matt. So, yeah, I don't think Matt was at uh, was at Ranger College, you know, scouting out recruits like Casey. I don't think he unearthed that one. No, not too much. <laughs> Sam McEwen from the. Omaha World Herald is with this. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, that guy probably should be a little bit concerned about his uh, about his job status going into next year. Hey, I was uh, I was reading. Um, you know, we're, we're going to have multiple parts here of of Chattel's, um session with uh, with with Rule, and parts of it come out over the weekend. And there's one up today about about Dylan Raiola and and NIL impact and and all these things. I I really like the hey, let's take a look around the office part. Um, mm-hmm. What? Why do you think Matt Rule has has really made it a point to allow us to to allow fans and media and and whoever to sort of see to be so transparent about his life and like who he is and and all that stuff? Like, well, do you think that was a point from him, or or I guess is it just kind of who he is? Well, I think what he would say is he would give an answer about how it's important to be him and it's important this and that and all that. My answer, and this is based on my opinion, my read of him, is he tried it the other way, and I just don't think that's who he was and it didn't work. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of coaches do that. I think a lot of coaches are like, I'm going to go into this thing and I'm going to be stoic, and I'm going to be a little unknowable, 
I'm going to be a little beyond, you know, and, and there was a generation of coach where I think that worked for him. Um, and that was kind of the way it was. Everybody kind of minds everybody's business. You didn't really know a lot about him personally. And that's just not the world we live in today. I, I think, um, to be honest with you, I think coaches are probably better uh, spouses and fathers than they probably were 50 years ago. No, not trying to knock any coaches 50 years. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there's just a little bit more of a holistic approach uh, for football coaches today. And, and you know, I, I suspect Matt, like a lot of other coaches, tried it the other way. And it's just like, yeah, this is, this is, I need to integrate all of it into my life. So I'm going to be, I'm going to be a front facing sort of celebrity person. Simultaneously, my daughters are going to be by my side pretty consistently. And that's just how life's going to be. And other coaches, I think you go back 30, 40 years and was like, yeah, this, that, my, my personal life's over there. They don't even show up to the game sometimes. Like, that's just, that's just not the way the world works anymore. And so he's better than most, I think, at being able to do that and having it seem organic because I think he's a little bit more personable. Yeah. But we saw, we saw what happened. And again, everybody has their own choices, but we saw how this war on Scott Frost. Like, well, it didn't yeah. work. You know, he, 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 he never really got to know him as a person, and I don't think that helped him at all. I think it hurt him. And as a result, you know, I think, I think he, we don't, the only thing we ever knew about the guy was his football calls. And, and uh, Matt Rule, we know a lot more about him already. I, I was just going to ask you about that. Do you, think he even, do you think he even knew about how his predecessor approached it? I mean, or do you think he was, you know, told off the bat, like, hey, this is, this is kind of how that went? Because I, I – I felt like this was how Rule was going to approach it, um, you know, kind of all along. But obviously, like you just said, his his predecessor was sort of hurt by the idea that he was going to be closed off to all this stuff. Yeah, I mean, even if he had been told, um, I think uh, I think that would have been um, he still would have he still would have been himself, you know. Um, that wouldn't have that wouldn't have changed anything. I think he still would have been, you know, the same guy, and, and uh, you know, approached things the same way. But yeah, I'm sure he was informed. Hey, it didn't go so well for the previous guy here. Yeah, I, um, I just, I wonder if he saw that and was like, yeah, maybe this is a good way to do it. But I think to a certain extent, I mean, it's 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 kind of just all him. Um, football wise, you wrote a little bit in your um, in your rewind about. Matt Rule and and their success with uh, with kids out of the Miami area and once again to tie it back to the previous staff they they had success in getting those guys but maybe not so much success in in keeping those guys and having them having them produce what's the key for that to happen this time around with this group of players from whether it's Florida or Miami or I mean re- really anywhere I guess what's the key to it. I think you have to um, immerse them a little bit in your culture and, and get them doing hard things and being busy all the time. And in that perpetual busyness, there's, there's a space that's created for, um, you know, not having, not being tied back to back to where you are. Um, I think a lot of what happens today, especially with athletes that come from other places, is it's just hard to leave home. It's hard to leave home because you get that phone in your pocket and you have your phone, you have home in your pocket at all times. And when people, when you're trying to like start something in college away from home 
you know, you feel like my job is to try to be two people at once. And it used to be when a guy left Miami or LA or New Orleans, they left. I mean, they were, they left and they were in a completely different world, you know, at Nebraska. And maybe they called home once a week on the, on the dorm phone or whatever, but, but that's what happened. Now you basically are tied to the world all the time. And I think, I think that's the thing that, that's challenging for athletes that come from other places because they're constantly being reminded of things that are going on at home that they can't control uh, or want to be a part of but really can't. So that, that, you know, you never have that sort of sever, that emotional sever. It's not, it's not as complete. And so you have to try to immerse people in the experience here so that, it, you know, every, every third day it's not, well, here's what's going on here and you know, how can I be involved over the phone? And I don't know. There's a lot of things with phone culture that I don't think that we as just American people have gotten our arms around. Uh, and we'll probably get our arms around in the next 10 years. And I honestly don't think our culture will be very similar to phones as they are right now yeah. once we understand everything that's going on. But I think that's been part of the challenge is, you know, um, that's part of it. And the phone, you know, the phones reduce your, uh, whatever, your uh, attention span and all these other things too. So. Hey Sam, I'm an idiot. I feel really bad. That was your rewind from like a month ago. So that's okay. Yeah. Well, I I wanted I wanted to ask about something. Phil Simpson to to Florida State. That's true. Yeah. It's it's relatable because now they got to find another guy to go down there. See, I mean, part of the reason they were able to get those guys up here from Miami is because they had a guy that was from Miami who would be like, "Yeah, I, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you." Um, you know, and that's that's something they'll have to if they want to continue to recruit that area, they're going to have to rediscover that and have that, um, you know, so on and so forth. I'm just saying a guy, a guy not named Sam McEwen might've been like, Hey, um, thanks. You know, thanks for reading. I appreciate it. But you know, this is like, this is like old news by now. So I appreciate you trying to not throw me under the bus, like Rick Pitino to his players, but don't worry. I'm here to throw myself under the bus. I I got you. (laughs) That's good. All right. Well, Hey, it, it all works to me. All right, Sam. Talk to you later. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Sam McEwen from the Omaha World Herald. I was trying to ask. I was trying to ask our our lovely beat reporters. Nobody would have ever I'm, known Connor. about. I know. I know. But I'm. You're no. That's not true. That's not true. Somebody would have thought this is weird. What's he talking about? It's not topical whatsoever. <laughs> Somebody would have thought something, and so I figured I'd come clean with it. And I I'd love to ask our lovely beat reporters about stuff that they're writing about. Mm-hmm. And so I saw Sam's pinned tweet, you know, and it was sitting right there at the top, and I figured, let's click on this. I hadn't even seen this yet. I hadn't read it. So I skimmed through it, and I was like, okay, that's a, that's a question. It's from January 28th. Oh, cool. So it's all Sam's fault. Got it. No, no, it's not what I'm, it's not what I'm saying. But he didn't, do a, he didn't do a rewind this weekend, unless I'm missing it somewhere. And... um. And Chattel had wrote his thing, so and there's my explanation. I'm just coming clean. Year of transparency, wow. like you said, amazing. Also, one thing that we didn't mention that I didn't really know how to approach. There is there is a little bit of interesting news, I suppose, today out of Nebraska um, or Nebraska related items. Um, so remember the the situation going on two years ago now um, from the Nebraska women's basketball team, where an assistant coach of theirs, Chuck Love, was 
placed on administrative leave, and then he later resigned. And a player, Ashley Scoggin, was removed from the team at that same time. And people drew inferences and thought these are are related, and they were. And then it kind of just, you know, floated off into the dust, into into the mist. Um, as of today, Scoggin, the player, um, filed a lawsuit against Nebraska amid allegations of an inappropriate relationship with the former coach. Uh, this is from the suit. It arises from a professional coach initiating a sexual relationship with a student athlete on his team and from the response of the University of Nebraska and its athletic leadership to the uh, confirmation of that relationship, the lawsuit read. Um, there's there's some other stuff in here. Um, it, Amy Williams is named. Yeah. In the, I, I believe Trev is as well. Trev Alberts is named in the suit, and basically they they come to the um, they come to the forefront because they shoulder it you know under their watch exactly allegedly they they would shoulder a burden of the responsibility for the, th- th- that's why they're mentioned in the suit at least from Scoggins' point of view and her lawyer's point of view. So we'll see what comes of all that. Um, if that's the story you're really tuned into today, uh, I know uh, John Bishop is going to have a ton of, on this. He's been prepping all day. He's got all the documents. He's read it all, and yeah, he'll I, go over it with you this afternoon a well, little better than. Well, I, I, I mean, not that you're not prepared to, but I'm just yeah. It did pop up during our broadcast today. Yeah, I'd, I'd kind of heard maybe that that something was going to happen in in this regard, um, but like, I. I just don't know what more there is to do about it and until um until something actually comes of it. I'm sure what Nebraska like I, I guess the next thing would be Nebraska's response. What would Nebraska's re- response mm-hmm. to this be? And I would assume there would either be A no response or B say that they have no comment at this point in time because it's not you know, it's an ongoing sort of thing and how are how are they going to respond? I mean, there are some um like notable um, allegations, I guess, in here um, from Ashley Scoggin, the former player at Nebraska, who was recruited to Nebraska by Chuck Love. This is what um, one of the claims is. Love recruited Ashley to transfer to Nebraska in 2020. Ashley joined the team on athletic scholarship as a redshirt sophomore with a special talent for three-point shooting or scholarship, including tuition, access to trainers, blah, 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 like all this stuff. Um um, Scoggin cited an interest in becoming a coach after her playing days. That's where she worked with Love one-on-one during an internship with the athletic department. And then it it claimed that Scoggin was, quote, groomed into a secret sexual relationship. That is the claim from that side. All right, uh, we'll take a quick timeout. Yeah, it, they'll have more on that in the afternoon show as well. We'll um, We'll be back. We still have a couple more things to clean up before we ultimately get out of here on the Connor Hamper Show on 1620 The Zone. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
and all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.